I'm Farhan Dalla, transformational trainer, and welcome to Elevate Your Life, a transformational podcast, an invitation to take the journey towards your deepest self. It is my intention to inspire you to connect, move, and meditate. We'll tap in, tune in, and dive in, and together learn and reflect from authentic, real, and transformative conversations. Let's get started. Today, we are talking music and grief relief, and I have the distinct pleasure to introduce to you all my friend Neha Mahajan. Neha is an extraordinarily talented actress, musician, and has a passion for making our planet more beautiful with various green initiatives. She is a true example of someone who is elevating our world. She was raised in Taligun, a small town in Pune, India. She's the daughter to a father who is a musician and a mother who taught literature in college. She got a scholarship to study in Texas just after school called AYA or Academic Year in America, which took her to Fort Worth where she majored in theater. Following which she completed a master's in philosophy at the University of Pune while pursuing her passion for acting and sitar. She's been learning the sitar from her father at a very young age, and also from two other gurus in the last five years. She started her acting career with Deepa Mehta's Midnight's Children and have worked in Hindi, English, Oriya, Malayalam, and Marathi films. Currently, she's staying on a farm with her partner Bradley, who is pursuing his PhD at the University of Toronto. And while on the farm, she's learning to care for cows while working on her green initiatives. And at the same time, she's acting in films, writing on her music and composing. Neha just finished shooting a film called Kevin Knife. Neha loves spending time in nature. And I know this because I've had the pleasure of going on some hikes and trails while she was in Toronto last year. <laughs> <laughs> and we even did a labyrinth meditation together in Toronto's High Park, which was an amazing experience to share with her. And for those of you who don't know, a labyrinth is basically um, an ancient practice used by many different faiths for spiritual centering, contemplation, and prayer. Entering the path of a labyrinth, you walk slowly while quieting your mind and focusing on a spiritual question or prayer. And lastly, this introduction would not be complete without mentioning Neha Mahajan is featured playing the sitar in a collaboration with the song with none other than Ricky Martin. The song is titled Mi Sangre and on the album Posa, and it won a Latin Grammy Award as well was nominated for a Grammy in the best Latin pop or urban category. Neha Mahajan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Farhan. That was that was so nice of you. You're too kind to me always. <laughs> but all of this is true. So, you know, when you hear your bio, like, what do you think? Like, when you hear about all your accomplishments, like, it's so incredible when, when, when I read it, but how does it make you feel? 
it's kind of weird to put it all together and read as a bio but i feel like this is something that's special to you too that when you meet someone you really focus on uh the things that they can be proud of and feel happy about and <laughs> i remember meeting you in toronto and feeling uh really nice about myself you know like oh yeah i i have done this and maybe i can do better or something you know So um, no I just I just want to thank you. I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to be speaking with you on your podcast and I'm looking forward to this chat. Yeah and you know in all our conversations that we had while in Toronto or over the phone there's always been incredible depth and breadth so I I really appreciate um your time, your energy, your talents and all that it is that you um have to share and I'm I'm really excited about having you here and uh diving in deep into this conversation about music and and grief relief. And, Same here. Yeah. Yeah. And before we 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 you know talk about all that stuff, I I mean I I do know this this story, but I was wondering if you would just take a few minutes to tell everyone about how the connection with Ricky Martin happened. <laughs> yes yeah, sir. Sure. I also think I know that you really love Ricky Martin's music and perhaps What gave that, that was, away? <laughs> uh, um no because I think that's also part of the reason how we bonded and we came yes. together. Yes. So um so it's only right to begin this begin this with the story of uh, my collaboration with Ricky Martin which was uh, also so um inspiring and there was so much learning attached to my experience with with that song itself because honestly i was very surprised that ricky martin's team found me on instagram uh because i had posted a a song like like a not even a song i play rag music particular to the sitar and indian rag music and i had posted a video of that on instagram and on the one of the first comments was from ricky martin's manager who she she introduced me later that uh, she's working on this song and is looking for um an like a sitar player to work on it and to be honest at first i thought this wasn't real and so i took my time gauging whether this person is real and if whatever you know like because social media is a tricky place but turns out that she it was real and the song was real and later on i spoke to the entire team and uh, understood what just um, it what my role in the song was and uh, interestingly we all were at separate places but we recorded our music and listening to the song i feel like it's the power of music too that despite us being geographically far apart we were still thinking of the song as this one thing that we were all doing together and um, i think the song's beautiful It I is a beautiful like song. <laughs> yes, I love it and um I love how this song came together because it was at a time when we were all isolated from each other and separate. Right. And yet mm-hmm. from different parts of the world you were able to create this beautiful song and mm-hmm. um you know the sitar is one of my favorite instruments and I often used music with um the sitar in many of my classes that I taught. whether it was the mm-hmm. cool down for a spinning class or part of a yoga class i just love the mm. sound of the sitar and i'm also a huge fan of latin music and i think it's just beautiful how the sounds came together and merged so seamlessly 
um, putting mm-hmm. Spanish lyrics and Latin music in the sitar. It just, the, the unification in the project is so exemplified in the song. So congratulations. Thank you. I agree. Thank you so much. And will we be seeing a video of the song anytime in the near future? Oh, we have spoken about it, but uh, with the pandemic right now, I don't know how uh, we are going to resume our travels across borders, what, what that's going to take. And uh, let's just wait and see how the world itself decides to move on, you know, and what yeah. happens. And let's hope for the best. I am looking forward to this video myself. Just And was this the first ever recording that you ever released or were part of? Uh, I think yes, because um, I have not really recorded a song, you know, like my music has has always been rags and I have like I remember playing for like a dance troupe where one of two of my other friends and I had played the sitar, but it was a composition that my father had made and we were playing for this dance troupe, but it wasn't recorded similarly in, in this way. So um, it definitely was my first experience of uh, mixing the sound of the sitar with Ricky Martin's voice and with the different singers with having the chorus at the back so even when I was recording in the studio I had on one in one year I could have I had the different songs like the different beats and the different voices of music of the singers and then in one year, I had what I was playing. So, you know, it was it, it was a very, very different experience for me. So your acting career starts off with Deepa Mehta. And then your first major recording starts off with Ricky <laughs> Martin. And the song wins a Grammy. How does that make you feel? <laughs> I just feel really blessed, really lucky. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's like... I feel like it's a big jump in a in, in a river. So you don't get the chance to see whether the water is cold or hot or you just jump in the river and, and then and then you realize, oh my God, it's a big river. There's a lot of things I need to do. And, um, you know, I like even with Deepa Mehta's film, it was an ensemble cast. So I got to meet about 15 different actors, really successful actors um, at the peak of their careers and, you know, see them in action, which itself is such a rare thing. I think even in films to have an ensemble cast is is not always, it's, it's still um, a pretty rare thing, right? So for me, I felt that meeting all these people at once, seeing the way they work because we had workshops gave me an insight into what it would mean for me to be part of this amazing vast ocean of, of films and acting. And similarly with music, right? I, I feel like It's a pretty good first and I'm lucky and I hope that it's not the last. (laughs) I certainly don't think it'll be the last. And I, you know, having heard you perform and play and, um, and with the song as well, I certainly hope that you will be recording and releasing more music at some time in the near future. I hope to. For now, Mm. I'm concentrating on uh, movies and learning music. And the moment my gurus also feel that I can record, I want to, right now I'm working on on maybe what I could record and what albums I could make. But I also want to make sure that my gurus are happy and um, proud of me and say, okay, you can record now. And I think that's going to take a while. (laughs) 
Sounds good. We will be waiting in anticipation. Um, and so, you know, this year has been challenging for a lot of us and uh, mm -hmm. many of us have experienced all kinds of losses. Um, you know, that's kind of why I've started this podcast and right. for us to share through authentic conversation um, what some of these losses are and and hopefully share some some tools to help people through their own individual process. But I'm curious to ask you, you know, if there's anything that this past year or of recent that you've been grieving about uh, or an experience of loss that you've had, and, you know, would you be willing to share that with us today? Um, so when we decided to speak about the about grief and music i did think a lot about what it is that i'm grieving about because it's what is grief i think it is it is a kind of sense of loss and um, having to reorganize your whole life based on that sense of loss or absence and i feel that in my like when i when I think about grief, I think about this very particular incident in my life when I lost my brother when I was very young. Um, but instead of focusing on that, I feel that this sense of loss always accompanies our everyday life, especially in the past one, one year and a half because of the pandemic, because uh, it's not just you know, a personal loss, but a certain loss of freedom, a certain sense of where we are, where the world is going, where are, where are you know, what's going to happen to our friends and family. And I feel that, yes, there is a lot of um, um, grieving that we all have to go through. And not just a particular incident, even small incidents, even the fact that I lose my concentration while I'm doing something that I want my want my concentration. I feel that that's also why does that happen? Why does that anxiety sort of leak in? And those things are all intertwined into this sense of loss. And I think it's an everyday struggle to maintain um, focus and happiness and creativity to to bring something out of all of this despite where we are at right now and so for you individually um mm -hmm. you know you talked about the the smaller griefs and the larger mm -hmm. griefs but how does that show up for you what does that feel like and everyone's different but mm -hmm. how does grief show up or look like for you um i think there's a sense of helplessness and um, you know that that this that you just cannot do anything about the loss of my brother. Like you know, like it's 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 the the finality of death is is extreme. So so the the way it shows up, I guess, is that I just uh, sort of freeze sometimes and think. Um, what next or what's going to happen or how what does this even mean what does the world look like with such a big hole in it or even with the smaller griefs i feel like i i i think grief um if i'm allowed if i allow myself to stay with it long sort of makes me inactive and that uh, is the 
the I wouldn't call it negative. I'm choosing my words a little properly because it's not negative. It's inevitable. But when grief makes me inactive, I know that I have to do something. And that's where I know that, you know, a lot of things that I, I, I do with music or with acting or with my friends and family, I feel that um, all of those things help me to maintain this sort of uh, movement and creativity that I really long for in my life. So this inactivity and this freezing or this anxiety or this sort of uh, not wanting to do anything is, is part of how grief shows up, you know? Yeah, and how do you personally cope with grief? Hmm. Mm, I try. <laughs> mm -hmm. I just think that, um, first off, I think I'm really blessed that I have this beautiful instrument. And um, with the sitar, I feel there is always a lot of um, energy with the sound itself. So even if I just pick the instrument up and play, I think it helps me to be affected by the beauty of the notes and the, and the sound. So even if I'm not particularly creative, I feel like the instrument itself is so beautiful that it affects my mood. And, and, and then, you know, it's like a relationship. And I think the way I cope with anything sad in my life is by doing a certain kind of um, action that involves reflection where I deal with what I'm um, sad about where I'm not avoiding it but then it becomes daunting if I'm just staring at it open-eyed with you know without any so I feel like playing the music or going out into the garden and composting or actions like that where you're doing an action you're engaging with something but at the same time there is scope and possibility for me to think about what I'm grieving or what is what is troubling me or what I'm anxious about uh, gives me a scope for contemplation and just to see about what these feelings are what these things are what what am I doing and um, what are the reasons behind all of these so so I think first is reasons finding out the reasons realizing the different shades of feelings and emotions that um, are sometimes separate from the reasons actually and then um, you know just finding ways to channelize all of that into some coherent understanding of myself and the world yeah it's, and so it's, mm -hmm. it's more like a, it sounds like it's, it's it sounds like a plan you know but uh, it's a lot of work I feel like with with any sort of loss with any sort of sadness there is always a lot of work to to do do you feel that being an artist um especially as a musician or writer composer that mm -hmm. it allows for um a connection to be able to tap into what it is that you're feeling to get contemplating that the music mm -hmm. and the art serves as a pathway for you to be able to get to that space of evaluating what those emotions are. Right. Um, certainly, I would, uh, I think that, you know, as a, as an actor, there is a certain vulnerability in me, which sometimes leaks into even my 
personal life. Like I, I tend to be open and vulnerable and <laughs> honest. And I feel that those things really help me when I am in front of the camera because um, then I know that whatever the character or whatever, wh whoever the director and what whatever is happening on set, I know that I can give my entire self without any sort of hesitation, which I have seen in some, some people, you know, where, where, oh, what if I make a fool of myself? I feel like I'm just always making a fool of myself anyway. So, so I feel like that kind of vulnerability and honesty helps me in uh, being present when I'm acting or um, even when I'm playing music. But then it's not all. I feel that um, with this, you need a certain discipline and methodology and reason, which needs work. So even if I'm okay, like even if as a person I can tap into all of these different mediums to help me with my grief, it's not just that. It still needs something else. And that I think is a matter of discipline. You know what I mean? Yes. And, you know, the vulnerability is a key component because um, to face our grief re really requires us to be vulnerable. And mm -hmm. um, that can be quite challenging. So do you find uh, the vulnerability part difficult for you at times? Or do you think that, you know, the music and the art and the acting helps you get there? Mm -hmm. um, at times, maybe, but I think whatever the cost of it, I feel that it's better to be able to be in a space where I feel vulnerable, where, where I feel affected, where I feel all these, um, uh, I feel sensitively rather than make myself thick skinned and, um, you know, make like sort of a fortress so that it doesn't affect me. I personally think that it is, even if I wasn't an actress or a musician, but then I cannot, cannot really negate that. But I do think that being an actress and, and a student of music helps me to deal with this vulnerability. It channelizes, it channelizes it. It helps me to, it's like a, um, it's like a give and take. So um, if I am feeling sensitively, then I will, I will pour that into the work I'm doing. And then if the work I'm doing is um, also giving me a space to be vulnerable, then, you know, I can um, accept that vulnerability within me. So it's sort of a give and take with my work and myself. And strangely, I think with the with both the things that I do, the instrument, even if it is music or acting like as a medium, the instrument is still me as a person, right? So um, just still like I'm still working a lot on myself when I do these things. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, mm -hmm. We, my family, had the immense blessings of your performance at my mother's celebration of life and uh, I was so honored when I asked you if you would perform the sitar for us and you said yes and uh, it was an incredible moment for for our family um, just as much for me because mm -hmm. I was in Toronto at the time Mm -hmm. And um, I was also missing home a little bit. And I, I um, could feel how deeply you were affected and anybody would. I mean, uh, I think losing 
your mother is um, a very hard truth that everybody has to face and so again at that time playing for you understanding or being being part of your life gave me a certain strength and gave me also like a certain hope that i can be together in some way that will help you face what you're going through which is which in itself is such a powerful feeling you know so i also really appreciate that you um wanted me to play at that at the time yes and um you know having a celebration of life isn't part of our traditional customs but given that it was covid and um mm-hmm. we weren't able to um perform the rites and rituals that we would normally do with the entire family this was a way in which we could get the family worldwide to actually come together virtually and uh, to share some time together to honor my mom and yeah. um the timing of you being here um it was just in, it was just synchronistic and a blessing so it uh it really like my family could not stop talking about your performance <laughs> everyone kept saying how they were so moved by it and so touched and um that's clearly a reflection of what um you're able to create through your artistry but also the heart that you put into your music because we all felt that and and relating it to what we are speaking about grief that um that when when people are grieving i think the most important thing is to find people who understand that and are able to partake in the grief and sort of either either merely just listen or understand or help uplift help uplift i feel is a very is a very uh, too many expectations on people but <laughs> but i feel uh, that um at least being together you know and yeah. especially with loss i feel that as people um the most we can do is just to be there for each other and and by that i i think uh, like when we are speaking about grief and the ways to cope with grief i feel having that kind of humility knowing that somebody else may be going through a certain sense of loss and then you know being considerate about that or being there is such a powerful thing and um so i just wanted to relate this incidents that you 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 shared with the fact that i also felt the support and and you felt the support and we were together and we we created some nice memories that um helped us and i think that's such a such a nice way to cope with something that um is tough yeah and i and i do want to add that the experience itself is um what i describe as transformative and what i mean by that is in not just myself but also in my family and people that are close to my mom when we heard you play it really helped shift some of the pain that we were feeling in that moment and that is a very powerful thing um, and the um the sound of the sitar is mm-hmm. also a certain sound energy right so like when you come out of a dark room and go in a space where there's breeze and sunshine and it affects your mood i think similarly the the music sounds um good sound not noise affects the soul in a way that is hard to explain in words so um that's why i think music plays like an incredible role that we 
we don't know like the flowers or this or the rain or the sunshine plays a big role in our state of mind and similarly i think music uh, unknowingly without even calling it meditation or you know therapy or whatever i think listening to good music plays an incredible role in um making you you know just mentally stable or happy yeah there's definitely a shift in our body there's a shift in our mind as we're listening um mm-hmm. it takes us on a journey and in many ways it helps us connect to emotions that sometimes we can't verbalize and that we don't necessarily need to verbalize but just to be able to experience through the sound like you said um mm-hmm. and from my own personal experience uh music has provided you know whether i'm listening to you perform or or um what's called 528 hertz music um mm-hmm. it just allows me to feel the emotions that i need to feel um mm-hmm. and uh connect to the parts of me sometimes that i'm not able to to articulate and mm-hmm. um it just allows me to go into that space where i need to just be and allow mm-hmm. the music to do what it needs to do um it has an energy like you says and it's almost like it has um a spiritual energy because it works on such a deep level that sometimes we're not even able to describe what's happening but in many ways it's providing us with support and healing calming mm-hmm. and and maybe yeah sometimes meditation as well and also to add to what you're saying i think it it also gives us a window to the magical world of music because even if it's not necessarily always healing or making you know sometimes it's not just about emotions and healing but sometimes it's just about witnessing an incredibly beautiful composition that is that just makes that just reminds you that there's so much beauty in the world and that it can be created by something that's not really tangible in the sense that i cannot really touch it or i i cannot really even point a finger and say this is what's beautiful about this composition but just that the beauty exists and i think those moments of um witnessing something beautiful also help me sometimes in forgetting what i am dealing with and and then coming back to it there's a new perspective So because I because I can because I can forget whatever it is and just witness something so beautiful that you know then the space is created for me to come back to whatever is troubling me and then I have a different kind of perspective towards it because I feel like okay in the bigger picture there are these messy things but then there are these beautiful things so the choice is mine right mm-hmm. Yeah that's true I love that mm-hmm. And how else Neha like I'm interested in your perspective about you know specifically with grief as well but how else can can music help us with our grief or our grief journey I think um th- there are two ways to answer this question because if you're learning music there are so many ways that um one can you know like just uh practicing every day which i think gives a certain sense of discipline a certain uh, structure to your day um like when i was going through a very difficult time i still made sure that i woke up 
and I played music. And that gave my days a structure so that I was not just, you know, um, sleeping anytime. Or I, I feel like that structure or that um, going back to the place where I know it gives me comfort or it gives me a certain inspiration. Sometimes music doesn't give me comfort because I know I want to do this, but I'm not able to. So I have to practice doubly hard. But then that practice. And then achieve, achieving the phrase, suppose my guruma taught me something and it takes me three weeks to learn it. But then once I get it, the joy of it is so beautiful that it helps me to learn more. So as a student, I feel that just learning the instrument or learning whatever music you're learning is, uh, you know, keeps you on a, a sort of track where you know you have to improve or you want to express or find tools to express or find um, certain phrases that say your expression the best. So that's one. But I think as a listener also, uh, listening to great musicians, I listen to, I, I, I listen to music a lot myself. And I feel that, I don't know, like the great musicians must have thought about the world in some uniquely beautiful way and to listen to them with your whole heart and soul and uh, just just you know like providing yourself to music and letting it affect you is also like a beautiful experience like swimming again in in a really beautiful river because then once you're out of it you feel enriched so the way I feel um, music can really help is by truly providing yourself to the music too, you know, not just making it as a back, background. I, I especially think this true with Indian drag music because sometimes like when are the times people listen to music, driving a car or washing dishes or, you know, cleaning or doing something other than music. But I feel that there should be times, there should be pauses in our life where we just sit down and listen to music and just really um, witness the beauty of it and that affects that 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 i think creates a beautiful image in our brains and then surely that must affect us to cope with everything right absolutely and you know from my experience in listening to certain songs there's some that uh, will make me laugh and cry and um, yeah. some will make me happy and some will make me sad during mm -hmm. you know this whole process but regardless it's okay because it's all an expression of what I'm feeling. Right. And, um, music gives us permission to feel all those things and, and to know that that's okay. Whatever it is that you're feeling in that moment, there's no right or wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just unique to where you're at and yeah. uh, there's nothing to judge, but just witness, as you say. True. And, and uh, like, I'm, I remember uh, this incident just from last week when two of my very close friends were at home and uh, we just had a nice conversation. We had food and then at 11 o'clock, one of my friends just started playing some of our favorite songs and we were so nostalgic and happy and excited that we just started dancing and we, pro we possibly danced through the night you know like the four of us we were just playing music listening to the songs and dancing and now that we are speaking about music as a therapy or music as a tool of coping grief I feel like music also as just being um, and you know like even even if it's just these old rock songs and film songs and and you know you're like dancing to it and you're listening to it and you're, you're having fun and then the next day it's I just feel like a lot of 
um, things are indirectly um, taken care of because while we're dancing with friends, you're not really thinking about what we're dealing with or, you know, like coping particularly, but indirectly we are letting the music affect our bodies just as, just as much as our souls and dancing and, and sort of releasing everything that's pent up maybe, you know? Yes. And so lately I've noticed that I've actually started to sing along with certain songs mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> that's, you know, um, uplifted me a little bit during um you know, this difficult time, but I can honestly say that uh, it's allowed me to experience just a little bit of joy again. So I'm really grateful that music has allowed me to do that. And today, today we are, we are so blessed because you have agreed to perform for us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, so what are you going to be playing and, and why did you choose this piece for today's episode? Um, so I'm going to be playing a rag called Yaman. And uh, the reason I chose this rag is, um, first off, because this is the rag that I was taught first. Um, and I've been playing it now for the last 14 years. And I feel that any musician, any student of music is first taught only two rags, which is, and one of those is Yaman. And the reason I try to understand, because there are so many rags in Indian music, but Yaman is like a very vast, encompassing sort of um, phenomena in the sense that there is joy, there is, there is, it's like, it's like a sunset. I cannot find any other way to explain it. But but the rag itself has has many many different emotions, and I thought it would be perhaps easier for me to speak with you for forty five minutes and then go back to my best friend, who's Rag Yaman, because I know Yaman will also take care of me when I am um, slightly you know like right now we're speaking. Generally before a concert, I would like to have 10 minutes to myself and tune properly and make sure I know what I'm playing. But right now I know that Yaman is also close to me. And so I can play uh, for 10 minutes and um, express whatever we are speaking about, which is not entirely an easy subject. I feel diving into um, the areas in your spirit where you feel down and, you know, thinking about tools to uplift yourself. And so I think that's why I chose to play Yaman. Excellent. And um, I do want to say that uh, the piece that you played for my mom's celebration of life is on my Instagram. So if anyone wants to listen to that, you can visit my Instagram page for Handala. And before Neha performs for us today, just as she suggested, this is an invitation for you to just get still, get silent, and um, just put away the distractions of the exterior world and maybe close your eyes while Neha plays and just allow yourself to go on a journey inward. Give yourself permission to feel whatever your body wants to feel while she's playing and be present to that feeling, allowing yourself to to possibly experience your own personal transformation. Thank you for that, Sarhan. I will also try to give myself to the music now and play for you all. I thank you so much for this chit chat. I really enjoyed um, talking with you and exploring and it sort of felt meditative. Hi friends. 
playing the sitar for us now, I'd like to present to you Neha Mahajan.
Thank you, Farhan. <laughs> Thank you, Neha. Thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you again for sharing incredible insights about music and how it could help with grief. Thank you for your energy and for that incredible performance. I am sure we'll be hearing from you through your music, and we'll be looking out for you for your new movie, uh, Kevin Knife. And for everyone, if you wish to follow Neha, check her out on Instagram at Neha Mahajan Official. And you can get more information about Neha on her website at nehamahajan.com. And I will also include all of her contact information and her Instagram in the notes for today's podcast. Thank you so much. I'm Farhandala. Thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode of Elevate Your Life, a transformational podcast. I hope today's conversation has elevated you in some way and inspired you to connect, move, and meditate. I'd really appreciate your support by following and rating this podcast. Come back soon and join me for another transformative conversation.